episode 166, Control the Change. I'm Steve Maletto from Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educator's podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. Thanks for tuning in, coming back for more and more episodes. Some of you have been binging Props to you to listening to me over and over. I know I wouldn't want to do that. Those of you who found my podcast recently and have been working your way backwards to the beginning episodes, I apologize for my lack of professional equipment and preparation and being a newbie podcaster back in the day. So go easy on me if you listen to those first few episodes. (laughs) We all grow and get better with time, don't we? But thanks for tuning in for another week of some free professional development. I've learned another lesson. I know this is going to benefit you. And I'm honored that you value the show. You want to better your craft by learning along with me. So this particular episode is especially for teachers in distress or transition because we're going to talk about looking at change as an opportunity rather than an inconvenience. And even if you don't find yourself in a transition or distress right now, doesn't mean it's not going to happen in the future. So tune in to see how you can put this in your back pocket for the exact moment when you need it. Let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. Well, I hope you guys have been well. I am loving being a mom of two, but I have to admit, I am not loving checking in on you guys every other week. It's just too long to be away. I guess I'm suffering from separation anxiety from you elite (laughs) educators. Who knew that was a thing? But since I last checked in, most everyone by now is in school and getting back into routine. Many of you are in that survival mode. You're either trying to finish everything up before the kids come, or you're just now making it through that first exhausting week. I hear you. You know, remember, it's a blip on the screen. It's not a forever thing. Oh, I like that. That has a ring to it. It's a blip on the screen. It's not a forever thing. (laughs) I'm so corny, I know. Uh, Just put your nose to the grindstone and make it through is all you really got to do. But that's not actually what I want to focus on today. But I did want to acknowledge it because I know that is your current chapter and your current dilemma. So my parents are here for a week visiting from Connecticut. They are building a house here in North Carolina and they have meetings every now and again, just make sure everything stays on schedule. And what I love about their visits is I get time to talk shop with my dad. And you've heard me talk about him before in the podcast. He's, you know, pretty much my life mentor. But uh, most importantly, I admire and appreciate him for his perspective. And before I get into today's topic, I really want to share the rationale because I think 
It might help you connect your own experiences to the topic we're going to talk about as it relates to, you know, your journey in education, especially if you're just feeling frustrated or discouraged or maybe even scared. The first part of the connection to this topic is my parents sold their sizable home in preparation to move to North Carolina. So that was the first thing that they needed to do was get out from underneath that. And in doing so, they took just the bare minimum belongings that they wanted to move forward with and kind of left everything else behind. And they snagged this rental near my dad's office in Connecticut and are hunkering down there during the next, I don't know, nine months or however long it's going to take to build here in North Carolina. And it's been, uh, let's say, a humbling experience in their rental. And they feel like they've kind of gone backwards in their progress. You know, you work so hard your whole life to have certain luxuries or benefits or, you know, live the kind of dream you've envisioned. And then you go back to a really small place that needs lots of updates. I know they have no air conditioning. They've got like one fan in the entire house. And my mom was joking about, oh, it's so nice to have a ice maker in the fridge. I've been living without this forever. I've been using the ice trays and, you know, everything that when they first got married, they had to deal with. So for them, it's kind of like a journey back in time. It's funny listening to their stories of, you know, dusting out light fixtures and all the peeling paint and whatever. And, you know, nothing's wrong with those things. But when you start upgrading yourself because you've earned it through all your hard work, it's hard to go backwards. And, you know, I'm interested in how my dad perceives all this, uh, being in his sixties and now kind of going back to where he was in his twenties and what that does to your psyche. And, you know, we're giggling and stuff and it could be frustrating, especially if my parents were put into that predicament without making the decision themselves, but because they chose that this was going to be their short term path, you know, it's much easier to deal with it. And they just focus on the end goal, which is getting that dream house built, saving as much money as they can right now while they're in the rental and just, you know, enjoying this whole process. It's a temporary setback that's going to lead to a long-term upgrade. And that's what I wanted to share with you today. And I'll connect it to education here in a minute. But I want to say that again, it's a temporary setback that will lead you to a long-term upgrade. And so you might be in a situation that's so frustrating and makes you kick and scream because you hate it and you feel like you've come too far and done too much to be in that situation. But remind yourself that sometimes to change routes, you have to step back a second so that you can get into a better position. And maybe your future role doesn't have, you know, a connecting street to your current role and you've got to kind of work your way backwards. You got to step back in order to step into your next chapter. And how I know this is true is later, this is part two of my connection, we were driving to a museum so my daughter could look at some dinosaurs. Apparently that's her current phase. <laughs> my dad and I were chatting again about his business this time and how all that's going to change when he moves to North Carolina. And we came to the same conclusion as we did with the sale of their home and the build of this new home. It's, you know, he isn't sure what he's going to do with his business. And he has a few solutions, but he's just not sure which the right one is going to be. And sometimes you don't know what your next move is going to be until that moment arrives and you've got to make the decision. And, you know, a few, to the, a few of those options include him stepping back and maybe doing something unrelated or stopping for a bit before he can rev back up. And not that you know my dad personally, but you've heard me talk about him a bunch. And I'll just let you in on this is 
he's a guy that's always going to work. I mean, he loves it. He enjoys it. He's going to keep reinventing himself. He's going to change directions as many times as he needs. He wants to use his gifts and talents to help others. So he's not going to sit at home and twiddle his thumbs, even though he could. I mean, he doesn't have to work. He's, he's choosing it because that is what he loves to do. But this change, this moment where he's got to completely disconnect himself from his current leadership, it's quite successful with a huge impact and do something maybe with a much smaller impact, whatever it may look like, can be uncomfortable and scary to not know what's coming or, you know, for him to not know what his next move is going to be and change especially when it might look very different from what you want for yourself, can actually make you paralyzed. And many of you might not be in the same situation as my dad with, you know, being able to make the decision for yourself. You know, he is deciding to step back or he is deciding to move into this rental, but maybe those decisions in your situation are made for you. You got displaced to another school or you transitioned to a grade level you never taught or you lost your job due to a drop in student enrollment. Whatever the case is, change doesn't have to be this awful thing even when it happens to you, not by your choosing. Your perspective determines how you experience this time of change. Do you embrace it and look forward to the new normal? Do you dread it and drag your feet through this blessing because you can't even recognize it as being one? And I really caution you to be careful in how you view your situation because someone might be watching, you know, waiting to give you your next big break. But if they notice that you're responding with, I don't know, like a lack of respect or dignity or even you just lost your joy, they may decide to move on to somebody else. And when I think about my career, gosh, there were so many times I realized I had met someone at some time I didn't even know was going to be a pivotal moment in my journey. You know, I didn't find out till years later that our relationships at some one chance meeting made the opportunity for me. And I would hear comments like, you know, I met her before, she loves what she does, or I worked with her, she's really intentional and thorough, or someone even said, you know, everyone that knows her has great things to say about the work she does. And I never knew these things, these conversations were happening at the time, I found out later on. But because of my perspective going through things that weren't ideal or weren't exactly what I wanted to do or when change was happening to me, these comments spoke volumes over my resume. I mean, you don't know who you're going to meet or what may ever come of an opportunity later on. So yeah, you might be teaching in a rougher school than you desire or a grade level with content that's not your favorite. Or yeah, you might be penny pinching trying to get hired. But how you handle those detours determines how mighty that next chapter is going to be for you. I mean, nothing beats a joyful heart and an encouraged attitude. Think about the situations I mentioned at the top of the episode. You know, my parents' house and my dad's career, they require a step back where you strip yourself of your identity and all the niceties that you're used to so that you can make room for the next big, amazing thing. It happens to us all. It happens to the greatest. It's not a sign of failure or not measuring up. God, if I taught kindergarten, I would get fired in a second because... It would, and it would be the best thing that ever happened to me. And it's just not my wheelhouse, not even close. 
So maybe the experience you have had is important because it's preparing you, but it's not your forever job title or area of expertise. You know, for me, I couldn't become a new teacher coach if one, I never taught before, or two, I never had, you know, a plethora of student teachers or mentees that I worked with. So those things were important in my journey, but they weren't meant to be what I did forever. Change had to happen to get me to where I am now. And I promise you, it doesn't matter if you cause the change or something or someone else causes the change. Change can be good and you can control the change even if you feel like you have no power in the decision making because you do have power over your perspective and your response. Plenty of teachers that I've worked with have been in some, oh gosh, horrendous scenarios where they felt their world was crashing around them, both professionally and personally. And every single one of them came out on the other side better than before, but they didn't sit there and let it happen to them. You know, sure, someone else initiated the change, but then that's where the control shifted to these guys. They went home, they mourned what was and embraced what is and That in itself is huge, by the way. Nothing you can do about it, so you might as well make the most of it. And so you've got to look at this as an opportunity rather than an inconvenience. This might just be the best detour in your career, but you can't waste it having a pity party or being scared or bad-mouthing everyone in anything. Just take a moment, react privately, get it out, and then game plan. How can you use your knowledge and your expertise to your benefit. Is there another career path where your skills are beneficial? Or maybe it's just another position in a similar area you can apply for. Or maybe you get to reinvent yourself. You know, do something so out of the box, something you've always dreamed about, but you could never do it. The time wasn't right. Well, maybe the time is right now. You can control the change. It's just a daily decision on how your attitude and your perspective shifts. You might not have met that one person who's going to unlock the next step if you were in your other role. I'm telling you, the craziest things have happened to me because of those chance meetings at moments that I thought were insignificant. You had a party, I passed by or shook hands with someone and that was it. And years later, that person (laughs) rears their head with this huge opportunity in front of me and they remember me from that chance meeting, but since then have seen me in other areas where I didn't even know I was being watched or talked about, and that has propelled me to the next step. Who you are as a person speaks louder than what you do for a living. Because of my honesty and passion and dedication, I was given opportunities without even having to ask for them. People came to me, they offered me this change, not because I was amazing and perfect at my job, but they knew that my personal attributes was going to make me successful. Who knew they had been watching me interact with my peers? Who knew they'd been giving me these tiny opportunities along the way to see how I'd handle them? Or who knew someone's brother, sister's uncle met me one time at this one place and spoke of my character? Those things help get you to the next level. So don't get so drowned in, oh, how is this ever going to happen because now I am doing X, Y, Z. That's so irrelevant. Who are you as a person? How do you react to change? How do you move forward? Those things are why you get hired to do the next big thing or how you create the momentum to develop into the next thing. It's It's you, not your situation. Focusing on developing you as a person. Just because you lost a job doesn't mean you're a bad person. Your boss might just recommend you for another role and say, like, this was not a right fit, but they're still an amazing educator. You know, thank God you didn't badmouth that person because they just wrote your next ticket. 
So be careful how you react to change. Take what feels like a blow and turn it into your next opportunity. Man, when I taught fifth grade, it was because I had behavior management that was really strong and those kids needed that structure. My principal told me that's why I was selected, asked me if I was up for the change. And although I wasn't you know, thrilled about it, I knew I needed to have experience in a variety of grade levels if I ever wanted to do anything other than teach. And so, well, it was time to roll up my sleeves and give it a shot. And while I hated every minute of it, I was not the greatest at it. But I learned an important lesson of how important and vocabulary instruction was because these kids had this huge science test at the end of the year and they couldn't figure out what these words meant. And so the next year when I was able to choose the grade level I wanted for doing this favor for my principal, I chose second grade and honed my craft like you wouldn't believe to make sure that these kids were going to be ready to attack vocabulary by the time that they got to fifth grade. Like I realized how important that skill was and how late the problem was in fifth grade that I brought all the way back to second, revamped the way I taught and looked at things so that these kids were going to each year build up stronger and be ready when it came. That one year was not my best, but it made me a stronger teacher. I didn't cuss out my boss. I didn't cuss out my kids. I just dealt with the change by finding the good and the benefit in it, even if it was small, I used it to my advantage later, and now I look at it as such a pivotal moment in upping my own game. You know, thank God that change came, but thank God I controlled what I did with it. You know, every day I picked my attitude and kept my perspective in check. You know, this is going to help you later. This is going to make you better. This is going to broaden your horizon. And that kept me going by looking into the future and not just looking at the muck below me in the moment. And your situation might be similar to something I've shared in this episode or vastly different, and that's okay. The point is that you see being an educator in transition or distress isn't a life sentence. It's not a permanent position. So I've got four tips for you for making the most of your current situation and you being able to control the change. Here we go. Step one, accept the change with a smile. I mean, the news came. It wasn't what you hoped for, but it is what it is. So accept it with a smile because you know it's leading to something great later. It's a blessing in disguise. Believe that. You'll have the proof later. Step two, acknowledge the moment for what it is. Allow yourself to feel the frustration. You know, I get the most upset when my reality doesn't meet my expectation or something I have planned. So allow yourself to feel the way you feel about it. Deal with it. Get it out at home in private, scream, kick, shout, whatever. Let all those negative emotions go. You cannot carry those around with you. Step three, make a plan for the future. So your present isn't what you want it to be, but your future can be whatever you want it to be. So dream up what your future is and plan backwards for how you're going to make that a reality to wherever you are currently. And it might be a long, complicated route, but hey, when you see that it is a possibility of still being or doing whatever that is, you're going to work dang hard to make your plan work. Last step, step four, adjust your daily attitude. It's time to make the most of the moment. So wake up knowing it's one day closer to your ideal future situation. Attack the day with the best attitude and attempt that you can and do it over and over and over until one day you're going to look back and realize how your situation has morphed into the best thing that ever happened in detouring you to a better path. So trust me when I tell you that change happens to everyone and most of the time life or someone else initiates the change, 
But that's where the control stops on their end. You control the rest of the story. You determine how the story ends. But it takes work and effort to make that happen. So be sure to follow my four steps and sooner than later, you'll be sitting pretty. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on controlling the change to step up your game. Now go on and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 